there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Saint Happy Hour podcast. With host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com. I'm here. Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball. And Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> the zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. They'd get him. I don't even have a joke, Dave. Dave, Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. All right, welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by MyBookie.com. You can go there. They are giving players an additional $25. The deal is for a 100% bonus match plus $25 for all new players. Use the promo code HAPPY25. Look, MyBookie, you bet. You win, they pay, they're awesome. They have fantasy, they have in-game betting. You can bet uh, daily, you can bet against games, college, all of it. So go to mybookie.com, use the promo code HAPPY25. You get an extra $25 plus a dollar-for-dollar match. It's awesome. We wouldn't send you anywhere bad for gambling, would we, Andrew? No, we would not. Mybookie.com. All right, Andrew, um... I'm going to start with Dave because he didn't get a chance when me and you had a little meltdown yesterday after the game. Dave, that fucking game yesterday, I said on WWL this morning, it took five years off my life. It was bat shit insane. And I want to be mad, but I'm just so happy that I didn't have to watch ESPN about the Saints losing to Cleveland that I can't be mad. Yeah, I mean, it was very close to being disastrous. I mean, we're, I'm we're top like, three loss of all time if they'd have pulled it off. <laughs> top three loss of all time. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking like, there's there's no way we're gonna lose to the Browns. Twenty games straight, they've lost. <laughs> no and, way, and they're gonna get their first win against the Saints. This cannot be happening. Um, you know, but we were playing the Browns, and Browns are gonna brown. Uh, you know, you browned just, it you up just, just when they looked like they had yeah, control of it too. They br- they browned it up. I mean, you just you just knew it was going to happen. It was just just it, it's I did really I, I was I was not sure it was really, going to happen. It's beginning to defy no. lo- it's de- it's beginning to defy logic for them. I mean, there were there was a row two rows behind me. There was a row of Browns fans, and they were very polite. I mean, they cheered when the Browns did well or whatever, uh, but uh, you know they were totally respectful about it. And you know, I remember looking back at them after everything, and like obviously they looked disappointed, but. I, they certainly, you know, this this wasn't even like top ten worst Browns loss. Um, <laughs> they just had so much misery over the years. It's like really, I, I really after 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 yesterday, I actually I feel bad for them. I feel bad for the kicker, uh, Zane, and I feel bad for the team. But at the same Zane time, us. at the at the yeah. same time, uh, unbelievably, I think week one was probably worse for them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because they, like Pittsburgh's their big rival, and it was at home, and yeah, yeah. But I mean, look, hey, they tied Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh is always a good team. I'm sure I'm, that's Pittsburgh a, is not a good team this year, though. No, but I mean, you know, it, it's still it, a good uh, result for them. Yeah, I think for them, I think that's pretty darn good. I mean, and they probably should have won that game if it wasn't for missing a field goal. And then you look at this game, and I mean, the Saints. I, I don't think the Saints are great yet, but. Um, uh, but you know the Saints are a pretty good team too, and uh, I mean I'm sure the Browns are thinking you know we could be two and zero. I mean they were this close to being two and zero. So I mean the good news I think for Saints fans, uh, you know if you want to look at the bright side of things is um, I think the Browns aren't as bad of a team as 
as we remember them as, as they were for the last 15, 20 years or whatever, you know, I, I think they are kind of starting to put it together. Um, and I think they're, I, I, you know, I certainly don't think they're going to go winless this season. Um, so it's, I, but well, I mean, that, that being said, uh, it's frustrating you know, it's frustrating. This is it's frustrating with this typical Saints. You know, last week defense terrible, offense great. <laughs> well, we'll this get- week offense terrible, defense you know good enough. Uh, it's frustrating, but um, but I, I, I want to talk about. I mean, the one thing that really drove me mad, and I I, I even went home last night. And late at night, I rewatched the end of the game on TV, obviously, because I was there, because I wanted to see if the announcers were as baffled as I was with the play calling. Crime against clock Pitt. management. It was the a crime against clock management. Of the game, and it was so unpeyton-like. I mean, we have come to – we've been spoiled the last 10 years with Peyton. I mean, he's very good at that. He's no Mike Smith. Uh, or uh, Andy Reid, or whoever else is you know known for terrible clock melt management. it down and get it to the last uh, and work it out just perfect. Ted Ginn, Ted Ginn gets into field goal range. You have first and ten with what forty seconds, something like that. The Browns have two. The Browns had one timeout at that point. The Saints run the ball with Kamara to get the clock running, and who calls a timeout? The Saints call the timeout, not the Browns. They didn't let the Browns use their last timeout. It's true. It's true. The Saints called the timeout. (gasps) And so then after the timeout, so you know what? They take the shot. All I got to say is thank God Cleveland burned one of their timeouts on the Taysom Hill substitution. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, they would have gotten closer. They would have. You know, I'm okay with taking the shot, you know, doing the pass and taking the shot. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was that, too. That, on second down, second right, down was fine. That, they had the nice play call. It didn't work. But on third down, you got to run that fucking ball, and you got to make them use the timeout, and you got to run clock down. I just like how was nobody? How was nobody as upset about this as I was? Because they won. We don't give a shit because they won. Like yeah, that's ridiculous. why. I, I was sitting there this that whole time. The last rage. Whole, Dave was in a rage. Seconds. And I'm said, what is it? Am I missing something here? I thought I was missing something. Why would you not be just running the ball and just getting the, the into the position what are you doing? to kick the field goal? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you. I think, and and this doesn't defend it. I mean, I, I have to say, Dave, I 100% agree with you. I, I t- I, it was baffling to me, but I here's the reason why I think it happened. We almost outbrowned the Browns. I agree. No, no. It, it, I mean, when you consider Crawley playing 20 yards off the line of scrimmage and somehow still getting beat deep on fourth and five, and then the clock management on that last series by the Saints, and then the the 20 seconds of defense <laughs> letting them get all the way down the field, it's like the amount of mistakes that the Saints made in the last minute of the game, and yet they Mind still win. Yeah, I mean, it's shocking. Well, here's here's only, the thing. Only the Browns could let the Saints get away with here's, that many here, mental errors in the last here, few minutes. Here's something I want to get, but I don't want to steal Andrew's thunder because he came up with a great point. What You called me when you were driving home. You asked me a question. But somebody mentioned this on Twitter, and I didn't realize this. This is the fifth consecutive game the Saints have given up a huge pass play late. And look, they gave up uh, – the plate of the Browns. They gave up a ton of deep passes to Tampa. They gave up the Minnesota Miracle. Carolina had the Devin Funches had them beat. He just played the ball wrong or they'd have lost that playoff game. And in the season finale last year, Jameis Winston hit a 30-yard pass to win the game. They have been fucking atrocious on deep balls. It's going on five games in a row. And I didn't realize it. You know, we, we forget about it, but it, it's true. Like, they're they're Deep ball defense is is beyond horrible. It's Especially it ain't, it ain't just like a one or two time thing. Now it's five straight games. Especially with the game on the line. Yeah. Yeah. But Andrew, tell tell the people what you told me when I was driving home today about it. This might be the greatest performance by an opponent's kicker in Superdome history. Well, we'll get to that in Juju's judgments. Um, oh, okay. So, Let's save that yeah, for we'll, Juju's judgments. We'll get to that later. <laughs> we'll yeah, save that. But, but um, 
You know, the thing for me is, so Dave, just getting back to that real quick, I, I think the reasoning here, well, first of all, they weren't running the ball at all. I mean, the Saints just could not run the ball. Uh, and they were getting Unger. I've never seen Unger get killed like that. Ogunjobi was owning him. Um, so they were getting a lot of pressure on the interior, and they just couldn't run the ball. And so, you know, on first and 10, they run, and they get stuffed for a yard loss. And so I think they were at a point where, well, Kamara can't really run the ball inside on this defense, or at least it's not. I mean, he can do it, but that's maybe not, like, his his best skill. And I think at that point, Peyton was thinking, there's no way in hell I'm giving the ball to Gillisley or, or Jonathan Williams in this situation. Like, there's just no way I'm giving them the ball. So there he is on second and 11, and he's thinking, all right, well, there's an eight-man box. So maybe and, – and also – they're about 44 yards away, and Lutz had missed from that distance earlier. So I think at this point, Peyton's thinking, all right, let's take a shot deep. And they do, and the play's kind of there, but Breeze misses again. And then the following play, eight-man box again, and he's just like, all right, we, we, let's go for the first down. Um, and so he, he was just being aggressive, and I think he wanted to kill the game right there because he was nervous about the kicker. And he was nervous about the run game. And so I, that's the reason why. And I understand in the moment why Sean Payton just decided to be aggressive. Now, that being said, even though I explained why, I'm with you, Dave. Like, I, I just I don't care if you're not running the ball well. I don't care if your kicker missed a 44-yarder. You've got to play the odds. Lutz is still a good kicker. You still have to have confidence in him from that distance. You've got to force the other team to call a timeout. You got to. It's not about yardage. Obviously, yeah. you don't want to lose yardage. And I get not wanting to run Gillisley or. But the Williams. thing is, like, but you, you just, just give it to Kamara. Like, if if Lutz is going to miss the kick, you, you put two seconds left on the clock, and if Lutz misses a kick, you go to overtime. Yeah, I just like it. Just it. It. It was as bad as clock management as I've... I mean, they had some bad clock management when he was gone in 2012. I remember some games. But as far as Peyton, I can't remember... Dave, can you remember a worse managed... Yeah, I feel like, I feel like Breeze has botched the two-minute drill a couple times. Maybe. Dave, can you remember a situation where they, they botched it? I don't remember anything specific, but uh, yeah, they're certainly not perfect. Yeah, I mean, I mean, as an LSU fan and a guy that passively watches UVA football, <laughs> I can I can tell you that the Saints clock management is. I mean, I realize those are college teams, but uh, there are football teams that have severely worse problems than the Saints in that department. You hate watch Virginia football, though. Yes, I do. <laughs> you do. <It's> true. <laughs> um. So I mean. Dave, but here's here's the thing as I thought about this throughout the day. You know, I know you can't take away the last play, but if the Saints run the clock down to the end, or, or let's say they just they, they defend Cleveland and they don't give up the long touchdown and they would have won eighteen to twelve, I think we'd be feeling really good today because we'd have been like the defense got better, they held Cleveland to twelve. They didn't give up a chunk. They were good on third down. They stuffed the run. Yeah, the offense was crappy, but they're not going to fumble twice all the time. They're not going to have. They're not going to. They're not going to have a holding penalty at the goal line and Breeze miss Watson on an open thing. We'd feel really good about it because of the bomb at the end and how it played out. We we don't feel as good about it. But I feel like the more I think about it, like it's okay. Like they they have a bunch of games where they clunk past crappy teams. They did it with the bears last year. They did it in Tampa in 2013. Like they have these games where they just play crappy teams and they just squeak on by. Like it's not like it doesn't, it doesn't foretell anything good or bad or or it doesn't foretell anything necessarily bad for the rest of the year. The win is what matters, right? So how do you feel about it? I do feel that the win is what matters. And I also feel like, um, you know, it might be stupid, but, you know, ever since last season and, and their, their, their start to the season with the two games and then, you know, winning six, seven, eight in a row, whatever they did, um, you know, I'm certainly, I'm willing to 
I'm willing to give them a pass on the first two games. You know, I think they're still trying to figure it out. And like you said, you know, it's just a lot of little things that if they happen, if they tweak them or they go right, uh, everything looks totally different. You know, if the offense just stops coughing up the ball, um, you know, Mike Thomas in particular, now he's got two. We'll get to him um, in a second. Yeah, I mean, you know, if they stop doing that, and like you said, if if they just hit Ben Watson on that play, he was, obviously he was wide open. Uh, looked like Drew overthrew him, but when Watson came to the bench, uh, you know, I sit right there. Peyton was pissed at Watson. He looked like he was blaming Watson for the error, uh, the miscommunication, whatever it was. So, um, but uh, no, I, I really and truly think that uh, I, I think this week against Atlanta. Um, we'll really see, I think, how the rest of this season is going to go. Regardless of win or lose. I mean, the Saints could still lose, but depending on how they play. Depending on how they play. If they play well, uh, win or lose against the Falcons, if they play well, then I I think I'll be able to say, okay, I think the season will be fine. Uh, If they absolutely play terrible and they make the same continue to make the same mistakes. i gotta barbecue your ass in my right. i uh i i think well then i don't know there may be maybe no coming back from this andrew quick note on that that play to watson that was such a beautifully designed play and here they they they, they faked the handoff to, to to williams they faked the pitch to camara and then they throw the little pass to watson it, it didn't work, but it was so beautifully designed. But here's a general question for you. The Saints, to me, how the fuck do you stop that pitch play to Kamara? Like, he can just outrun everyone to the corner. How do teams, how do you stop that? And I know you, like, get contained That's at the corner, problem. but he just outruns it. Yeah, he's fast. Um, and, you know, the Saints have really good blocking receivers, too. I mean, it's uh, when Michael Thomas and his frame is blocking you and you're the corner, and basically, it's on you. The linebackers are not fast enough to chase him to the sideline. So it's basically on you to kind of set the edge and try to force him back towards tacklers. Um, it's tough with Michael Thomas blocking you. Um, so, yeah, it's tough to defend, no doubt. Uh, no doubt. But you, you, put know, in, you put in Taysom Hill for shits and giggles, then it becomes like almost unfair. You know, uh, I'm so annoyed they called timeout and they never ran that play. I want to know what they were going to run on that. I one know, play. yeah, no, I'm, I think it was probably <laughs> going to be similar to the play they ran the run run option uh, with Kamara. But uh, you know, the thing for me with all this, and I, you know, if you if you're a patron and you pay a dollar, um, then you heard this on Great our post plug, show. company man. Yeah, yeah, you like that. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, I think the main thing here that is at least. Uh, obviously we're concerned. I think we're all concerned with the, the level of play the first two weeks. But if there's a silver lining here, it's that I didn't really see a lot of the same kind of awful in both games. In other words, in the first game, the offense, I mean, scored at will. They scored 40 points. You know, I mean, they were moving the football. Breeze was torching them. He dominated that game. You know, the Browns game, I felt like the defense was incredibly good. I mean, you, t- you take away the, the bomb at the end there, and, and they held the Browns to 12 points. Tyra and Taylor missed some throws, though. He missed. He, some- missed a, he did miss some throws, but, I mean, even, even the touchdown that they got was gifted by the refs. I mean, you'll remember yeah. Patrick Robinson plays that play pretty well, and he gets flagged in the end zone, and, and you know, they're at the one-yard line. So. Dicey you know, even there. the touchdown uh, for me was questionable for the Browns. I, I thought the defense, right up until that fourth and five play, uh, played excellent football the whole day. And you know, right what? up until it all collapsed, it was fine. <laughs> but you know, give credit to the offense. They went down. They made a, a hit again on the big play, and and they yeah. got they got in position to win the game with the field goal. So, you know, I, I would be more concerned if I, they just haven't played complimentary football yet. Well, they haven't got to a moment where you're like, we've seen four weeks of shitty secondary, and we've seen four, or we've seen four weeks of they've given up 175 yards on the ground every week, and you at that point you're just like, it is what it is. Michael Thomas is on pace for 224 catches, right? Yes. 
So, where do you think that would rank on the Saints' all-time <laughs> receiving list? I think that puts him at uh, number three. No, that would put him at number <laughs> at number at number nine. Seven. He would be right behind Quinn Early's two hundred and seventy. <laughs> he would be just ahead of Henry Childs at two hundred and seven. You mean just for the one year? Yeah, that one year would put him in career reception top ten for the Saints all time. <laughs> but That's he's pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, he's on he's on pace. It he's on pace for what this year? Two twenty. Two twenty four. Yeah. So yeah, he's not going to get two hundred. He's not going to sustain that. He's not going to sustain yeah. two twenty four. We'll get to what do you th- what, do, what we think he might get later. But Dave, what do you think about the the offense? Seems to be Kamara, Thomas, Kamara, Thomas. Repeat as necessary. Um, are you concerned about the way it's become so Michael Thomas dependent, especially in the passing game? Yeah, I mean, it is a little concerning. Um, uh, you know, I, I think obviously it underscores just how badly they could use Mark Ingram. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, it is it is a little concerning that it's been just so, you know, I guess I'll say two-dimensional. You know, Mike Thomas being one dimension and Kamara being the second dimension. Um, but... I mean, for now it's okay, but I mean, I think as you get into the season and, you know, you're putting more film out there, a lot of these teams, they're really going to be able to shut you down if if that's all you're going to be able to do. Um, obviously, I'd like to see Watson and Hill and the tight ends get involved a little bit more. Um, but, you know, I mean, just Drew just seems to really go you know he's every time he's throwing the ball he's looking to thomas first well again gins made some plays he has he has um but i mean you know it's just it's always it's he's quick to look to thomas and thomas is usually open which is good but or or he's you know even if even if thomas isn't even the first or the second read he still winds up uh thrown into him but i mean i mean the the good point the good thing is is I, i don't it may not even matter. I mean, if 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 Thomas is that good, you know, it's it's like Jimmy. The Graham second touchdown. The second touchdown was just fuck it, go get it, kid. Yeah, and I mean, and and that's the one thing. You know, Underhill tweeted this, and he was like, it, they, you know, Thomas and Breeze have finally gotten to that point, that level of comfortability of of comfortability. I don't even is that a word? That's not a word, Dave. Comfortability. Com- it's not a word. Com- comfortableness. I don't know. <laughs> um, Closeness. But they're at that level. They're at that level now, you know, that, that he was at with Jimmy Graham and Marcus Colston where, you know, you, you just you're just throwing the ball to a spot and, you know, your guy is going to get there and he's going to beat that other guy. Um, so, you know, that back shoulder stuff. So, I mean, that's awesome. And like I said, it's like I, on one hand, yes, it concerns me because, you know, you don't want to be one dimensional, two dimensional, whatever. But on the other hand, it's like maybe nobody will be able to. I mean, if, if, if Thomas is that good and obviously – Drew is that accurate? Um, there may be very little that anybody can do to stop it. So then it doesn't really matter. Well, Andrew, who's who? You know, the, 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 and that's true. The offense can, if that, that's true, the offense will still be really good. It'll be top five. It'll be what we expect. But they may struggle on third down. But 2011, the reason why it went supernova is because they had Jimmy Graham, they had Sproles, and Colston had almost 1,200 yards himself. So they need a third dude. And I just Traquan Smith, he finally caught a pass. And Ginn, he's caught nine balls, but he's not he's just like a deep threat. He's giving them the same thing they kinda gave him last year. Who's gonna be the third the third wheel? Yeah, that's the question. I mean I, I don't know the answer to that and I think you know, we'll have to see as the season develops. Um but um um, when we get to the judgments thing, actually, I, I stop trying to steal my material here. I've got <laughs> another. Uh, um, Dave, I I've said got another thought on this topic. <laughs> I said on my WWL morning show interview with Eric Polson, which, by the way, watch for my cats in the background. It's very, very funny. Uh, I told Eric Polson that I officially. Did he call you out on that? He did not because he can't see me. He can only hear me. Oh, okay. 
Okay. But he would have. He 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 does chide me quite often. Uh, so Wait, here's the thing, can Dave. Can the audience see you? What's that? Can the audience see you? Like the yeah, viewers? they can see me. Yeah, like uh, like How they they like they like split screen us. You know. Oh, oh. So, but here's my question, Dave. I said to Eric Polson, I have officially declared because of all the power that I have. I declare September Mark Ingram Appreciation Month because I feel like yesterday was the real moment where Saints fans really appreciated how good Mark Ingram was. They're like, you oh. No, you don't know what you have until it's gone. Oh, shit. How did you feel about the running game being horrible and your boyfriend was nowhere around, Dave? Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I, you know there, there's no benefit to me in, in, in celebrating in the Saints sucking just so that I can, Gloat. you know. Yeah, gloat. Maybe a little bit, though. No, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, you yeah, know, like I said, I, I, I think they're missing Mark Ingram, and I think uh, he'll be—he'll definitely be a sight for sore eyes. And you know, it's funny because you know, Kamara scored the two-point conversion, and he did his little backpack kid dance uh, and threw up the double deuces in honor of uh, Ingram. So, I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously the team is, you know, Kamara and the, and the team, you know, they're thinking about him. Uh, so we're almost there. And uh, ho- hopefully it's going to be, uh, uh, it's going to kick Better. this offense into a, another gear. I mean, Andrew, are we, I mean, I feel like Gillisley is petrified that he's going to fumble and they're going to cut him on the spot. <laughs> They're gonna do. They're gonna do. They're gonna do the dude that for Buffalo that retired at halftime, and just didn't come back out. And he's like, "I'm retired." Yesterday, I feel like if Gillisley fumbles again, Sean Payton is gonna do that to him. But it's not gonna be uh, his own his choice. Payton's just gonna be like, "You're retired. Get out." So he's petrified. <laughs> so he's petrified to not fumble, right? So he's just right. like not running aggressive. Williams is kind of terrible. I'm ready for Boston Scott. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love for him to get called up, and you know, I, I obviously there, there's something about Scott that they don't like right now. Um, Got to be pass still, protection, right? I still think. I mean, I could be wrong about this, but I still think that, and this is totally conspiracy theory. But I don't know if you guys remember before Week One, uh, but after the fourth preseason game, so during the week before that first game. They somebody talked to Boston Scott in the locker room, and he said, "Yeah, I'm I'm returning kicks this week. Like, I'm expecting to be the kick returner this week." And he was cut the next day. So, I could be wrong about this, but at the time, I felt like, man, I wonder if he was told something and it was misinterpreted, or or Sean Payton was just like. Dude, what are you doing telling the media like get the why, fuck why, out of here? Yeah, okay. why are you revealing like our game plan? So, Say hello like, to the practice squad squad, buddy, and I'll teach you a lesson. I mean that's pretty yeah, that's pretty ballsy yeah. to, to, to cut him yeah. over that and then but they were confident that they could get him through, so it, it worked out. Yeah. I don't know. I Maybe mean, I'm wrong about that. It's just just a theory. Um so I, I, mean, I mean, Ralph, I'm watching you right now on WWL TV. Way to way to, get, way to plug the podcast right there in the beginning. <laughs> and Eric Paulson with his with his snide answer, I didn't appreciate that. But, get, but honestly, they're so bad. They're, they're so bad at Gillisley and and Williams have been so non-eventful. Why not call up Scott and try him? Who's 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 been a worse running back? Granted, it's only a two-game sample. Who's been a worse running back in the Sean Payton era? DJ Spiller. How many carries did he get though? Like, mm. and we'll always have the Sunday night touchdown. It's true against the Cowboys. Yeah, but see, come on, he was an epic bust. I mean. In the Sean they, Payton era? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, Tim Hightower. Tim Hightower. I would kill for 2015 Tim Hightower right about now. Oh, hey, Tim Hightower is great. Compared to these. I mean, I don't know. I, I just think 
Gone with the Wind was pretty bad. I'm, I'm trying. I'm hard pressed to find a a uh, a worse Peyton Arrow running back. But uh, I mean, the, this is not the correct answer. But I kind of want to say Mike Bell just because you think Peyton hated him so much. <laughs> Wearing the wrong cleats. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Um, Antonio Pittman. They cut him. He's a fourth round pick. Maybe. Yeah, he's pretty bad. Um, uh, I can't. I can't really think of anyone that was. Peterson, Terrible. Adrian Peterson, last year. Well, yeah, he's certainly up for consideration. Uh, uh, uh. Um, so I mean, Dave, what do they do with Crawley? He's been awful. Yeah, um, <laughs> starting to make me think that maybe last year was just sort of an aberration. Um, you know, I'm not sure what the solution is. I mean, do you move Robinson over there? That makes me a little nervous. Um, uh, so, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I think you're kind of stuck with him. PJ you know, Williams, I, I think, baby, Andrew. What do you? I don't know. I don't think that's really much mm-hmm. of an upgrade. No. I mean, I mean, Crawley shows flashes, you know, every now and then. Um, uh, but he's he, he certainly has. Uh, I don't know what PFF. I don't know what his numbers say, but uh, it certainly seems like he's fallen off this year compared to last year. I mean, Andrew, do you, how long do they give him, you think? I, I think this is it for him. If he plays badly against Atlanta, then they've got to do something. But I think you give him one more week and see if he can kind of improve a little bit. Here's a fun question that somebody asked on Twitter earlier. I don't know if they're save if it wasn't specifically for the podcast, but this is a fun question. If Arizona, because Arizona is a dumpster fire, if Arizona called up Mickey Loomis and was like, "Give us your second round pick for Patrick Peterson," would you do it? Yes. Dave. In a heartbeat. You, that would mean you would ghost the entire 2019 draft. Whatever. Sorry. Whatever. <laughs> that would be that'd be the most Loomis of all the Loomis, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even think twice about it. I don't know. <laughs> it How can happen. we get Khalil Mack too? I'll give up the 2020 draft for Khalil Mack. Brian Pace beat you to it, buddy. Um, so, I mean, you look at it, Andrew, I guess, is there any, is there, is there, is there any other move on defense that might be coming? The only one that I, you can tell me your thoughts, but I want Davenport to play more. I just see him and he looks like he's got so much potential. I just, I'm willing to take the lumps. I just, I want him playing more than 20 plays a week. I want, I just want him out there and rushing and learning and I feel like he's potentially got greatness in him, and you get there sooner by playing him. But is, the, yeah, that's what he's in, doing. But is there yeah, any yeah. other moves the defense might make? No, I mean, I, I was real encouraged by the linebackers. I thought Demario Davis played really well. Um, I thought uh, A.J. Klein had a much better game. Anthony Teo looked good. So, you know, we're good with the linebackers right now. I thought that was a big turnaround, and uh, I was very relieved uh, to see kind of them respond in a positive way. So, you know, linebackers, we're, we're feeling better about that. Um, you know, on the other side, or at the other position groups, I still just think, you know, pass rush needs to get better. And I, ultimately, yeah. that's on Davenport again. You know, I, I think he's just got to step up and – get better every week and you know again he's showing flashes but i'm with you he just needs to keep playing learning on the job uh the potential's there um but that's really all they can do i mean i would keep an eye on crawley of course and uh you know i think he's pretty close getting benched so as we move and dave as we move to um the atlanta game uh the one other thing that i want to talk about before we get there is Taysom Hill, uh, did he sell you popcorn or a program? Because he did sell my mom a soda, which I feel like rounded out his, I'm going to do everything. Uh, but 
do you think because he's returning kickoffs i love that he's he's super fast Dave. i think it's potentially that he may bust a kickoff and return a kickoff which might be a top five greatest moment in saints history I mean, he's come pretty darn close, certainly closer than most others. Uh, certainly, it was a good little uh, kick in the pants during the game yesterday, actually. Oh, it was huge, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, when I saw him back there, I, and I was like, oh, my God, Taysom Hill is going to return this kick. And then they kicked it. And yet, <laughs> the dome would have, the top would have blown off the dome. It would no, have blown I mean, off. Like, no, I mean, like, I just meant, like, he's back there to return this kick. Like, I can't believe it. But, uh that's another point. You know, Tommy Lee Lewis, um, I don't know what Ugh. his injury situation is. I feel bad for him. But at the same time, uh, I thought he he fucked up and he put himself in that situation. Uh, on that kick, he should have called fair catch. Uh, he had guys all over him, and as soon as he caught that, he got popped. Um, I, I think that was uh, the wrong decision on his part, and I think he wound up paying for it. Yeah. So... Um, I got cats fight. I got cats fighting right in front of me. All three of them oh, bitches. You, you, you keep interrupting me. I'm trying to watch your thing on WWL TV. <laughs> so Andrew, you don't hear the video, do you? Through my thing? No, thank goodness. Okay. Uh, so Andrew, that's the gavel and the music. So we got Juju's judgments. It's, it's back. The people want it. The people love it. So hit us with them. Your Juju's judgments. Yeah, I've got two uh, two today. Uh, my first is that I submit the performance by Zane Gonzalez as the worst kicking performance against the Saints that I have ever seen. And certainly in Sean Payton history and maybe in Saints history. Uh, now, we're not going to count the 60s and the 70s because, you know, Jan Stenerud's in the Hall of Fame with like a 60% conversion rate on kick, kicks and... You know, we say that Morton Anderson was the Saints' best kicker ever, and he's under 80%. And, you know, like four kickers since are, are above 80%. So, you know, we don't count the 60s through 80s, and the kickers have yeah. just gotten a lot better. But I just, in my memory, and I dare you guys, I I, I couldn't would ask come up any with listener, name. Ralph or Dave, to come up with a game where, I mean, I, I remember this from blogging. Um, there was a time where... Kickers against the Saints in the Superdome had made 35 consecutive field goals in a row without missing, um, and I was counting because it was just, it, the streak was becoming unbelievable. Like kickers never miss in the Superdome against the Saints. Um, so, I mean, every awful kicking performance I, I can mean, remember in the Superdome has been a Saints kicker. They can't. I Orlando mean, I've, Mare, I remember you, you brought up. Imagine Casey missing a field goal. I can remember Doug Bryan before he kicked for the Saints. He had a bad game with San Francisco, and it led to him getting cut. But I think it was a it was Ditka era, so it, like he missing the kicks didn't even matter because like the Saints didn't cross midfield because they had Werfel at quarterback. That was that was the game. <laughs> no, Andrew, I know what it was. That was the game where the shutout streak for the Saints that they hadn't been shut out since like 1980-82, It ended. And San Francisco yeah. beat him 16 to nothing, but I think Doug Bryan missed three field goals, and it led to him getting cut. But it didn't matter in the game. This performance here, I mean, there's it's it was the Mona Lisa of bad kicking. Yeah, I mean, I, I I would I would love for someone on Twitter tomorrow to send me an example of a game where a kicker against the Saints can, in the super in the Superdome in the Superdome. That's an important part of this. Uh, I just I can never remember an opposing kicker being this bad. So. I submit that as worst ever. My second judgment here um, is that, you know, listen, this Austin Carr thing was cute. Um, I, I was hoping for it to work. You know, he got a nice cute, little pass. like it's here. a teenager's going on a date or a poodle. Yeah. yeah, it was cute, you know, and, you know, he got a nice little pass interference call this week, and that was cute too. Um, but, look, they paid Cameron Meredith a nice amount of change uh, to get him this year, and it's time to start playing him. And um, he needs to be in the slot, whatever. He needs to be playing. Uh, the time is now. You know, we talked about the offense and how it struggled a little bit and maybe too dependent on two players. So uh, let's, let's quit with this Austin Carr experiment. Let's get Meredith out there. Right. Um, so um, that's Juju's judgment. I have 
I you have guys, one... you guys aren't uh, you guys aren't disagreeing with me enough. I feel no, like my, I, my opinions I, are too strong. It is. Well, the thing is, I, I I disagree with you slightly in that I don't think they're gonna play Meredith this. I think they're gonna wait. I think they're gonna they. I think they're gonna wait until after the bye week. Yeah, I just think they're just waiting on Meredith. Like he's not showing them, or he's not healthy enough. Like they're. They're going to wait on it. So, like, I don't disagree with you that you're wrong. I just think it ain't happening Sunday. So, of course, Cameron Meredith will probably catch six for a buck 20. Um, But my Juju's judgment that I want to add is um, I have become a fan of Bud Light, which I don't. Wow. I don't know how that exactly happened. This offends me on many levels. Yeah. it's probably happened because my my neighbor that I met across the street, he works at the Budweiser plant, and he gets three free cases of beer a month, and he gave me a case of it, so I've been drinking it, and maybe it tastes better because it's free, but I'm not really sure. I think it just tastes better overall. Maybe it's because I'm old and my taste buds have died. I don't know, but I like Bud Light now. So that's my judgment. Bud Light is good. Wow. That's wow. – uh, but now are we talking – Regular Bud Light, at least, or are you trying to say Bud Light Lime or something? No, regular Bud Light, baby. Uh, I mean, okay, well, that's better than <laughs> you saying Bud Light Lime or something. But um, Mike's hard lemonade, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, you, you should be ashamed of yourself, really. Yeah, I don't, I don't get bonus there. points because it was free. No. Uh, this is Absolutely from there. We we'll get to we we'll get to a couple of the Twitter questions. Um, Will, will Taysom Hill have to take control of the team plane and pull off a safe landing? <laughs> Wait, these are these are Twitter questions. These are Twitter questions. That's from Reed. Oh, we what can he not do? I don't know. He can do everything. He can definitely fly a plane, no doubt. I had a I had a I have a I have a Twitter question. This is something I thought of yesterday. You know, Canes is the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints. But how has how has Canes not sponsored Mike Westhoff's cane and like pimped that thing out with like a Canes logo or whatever? That is a <laughs> that is a great point. You should market like, for Canes on the how side. They not, how how is Mike Westhoff not walking around with a raising Can- Canes official <laughs> logo cane? <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, I'm going to mark that and use that for the open that I'll recut in like 2020. Um, I was about to say, geez. I mean, now that we've, you know, it's funny because now, you know, we, we're we're on the right path as far as quality audio is concerned. Don't say that. Using... I had a lot of problems pre-show. Don't jinx <laughs> but, it. But we're, uh, but we're using an intro from our old show where Kevin's on a... Yeah. on a cell phone or whatever. So <laughs> I mean, it, it says Kevin, who's not even on the show anymore. It right. references uh, Hakeem drops the ball, which whose last post was probably in what 2013. No, probably it's even earlier than that. It's I guess pro- I'm going probably to like 2011. Right Saints, Saints Nation, which is defunct. Yo, oh, and, by the way, we need to remind the people: go to Twitter. You can find us anywhere now. Saints Happy Hour. We, Andrew turned the old Saints Nation Twitter into Saints Happy Hour Twitter, uh, so follow us there. Uh, and by the way, donate. You can be a patron for a dollar a month. Andrew, we're doing special podcasts all over the place. We did one with – it sounded like audio with me uh, in a helicopter pad in Lakeview, but we did it post game, and I uploaded it uh, – Right after the game, you got seven minutes of that. So donate a dollar, donate three dollars and twenty-eight cents. You get a magnet. Dave is shipping off T-shirts to three of our longtime patron donors. You can get a shirt. You just go to the page, donate. It's awesome. You want to do it? Um, this is an interesting question. I don't know. Uh, Wait, uh, Kevin's Kevin's last post on on the game drops the ball was. September fourth, two thousand fourteen. So it was actually more recent than I remember. It, it was, was way more. That was way more recent than I thought. He made. He. It was a predictions post. He made some predictions about the season. And actually, and then the second, 
most recent post is from September 5th, 2013. So there was a whole year between posts. It was a blog, a yearly it blog. Just, it was like a like a new, it, like a like a community newsletter. And then wait, and then and then the post before that, the third most recent post is from September 2012. So yeah, well, it was a, a yearly he turned a he turned a blog into a yearly update. So it was just like a like a, the old football manu- annuals you used to buy, like Athlons and Phil Steele. That's what Kevin was doing on Hakeem Drops the Ball. Uh, so, yeah, there was a three-year period where he was good for one post a year. Oh, wait, but then this um, – <laughs> and then this is funny. So, wait, so so his the most recent post from 2014, he did his he did his predictions. And so between each, each division where he has his – prediction he has other random things like name four dead people that you'd have dinner with or name four presidents you'd have dinner with um so this aged really this aged really well name four stand-up comics you'd have dinner with number one louis ck <laughs> age like rancid milk in the sun uh, i bet he wouldn't want to do that again yeah mm. Anyway, uh, so uh, th- this is thanks interesting... for the laugh, Kevin. You're still here in spirit. <laughs> this is from Sean, a patron. Uh, is there yeah, Sean Orleans? E- no, Sean, <laughs> Sean R. Uh, he said, "Is there an EGOT equivalent in football, and how does Taysom Hill win it this year?" If you don't know what an EGOT is, it's a person that wins an Emmy, a Golden Globe, an Oscar, and a Tony. No, no, an Emmy, a Grammy. An Oscar and a Tony, not a Golden Globe. Oh, the all right, whatever. So anyway, that's what it is. What, what would be the football equivalent of that, Andrew? Um. Well, it would have to be a guy that gets a pick, scores a touchdown. He'd have to run a touchdown, throw a touchdown, run a kickoff back, and get a pick. Yeah, he could do that. You know, all in one game. You know, that's like kind of the EGOT performance. I, you know what would be close, though? And this would be realistic for Taysom Hill. If he would Block run, a kickoff, run a kickoff yeah. back and yeah. throw for a touchdown out of the goal line package. And then, and then block a punt. <laughs> yeah. It's possible. It's not if, impossible. Yeah. If he does that... I will write him a sonnet. Uh, this is another one. This is. I mean, we're we're begging for it at this point. I mean, I just we you, want. You I just want to taste. I just want any Taysom Hill Twitter, touchdown. You feel it in the Superdome. I know you felt it in the Superdome, Dave. I mean, you can just. It's in the air, man. It's like we're all just dying for Taysom Hill to explode. I and, almost, I almost, I almost tweeted it yesterday during the game. Um, before the Saints finally started getting their act together on offense, I was it was it was after right after Hill ran out that kickoff. I was like, "Fuck it, they might as well just put him in a quarterback." You know, it can't be much worse. Uh, it can't be much worse. And I, I, at least everybody will get excited, and you know, maybe you know, who the hell knows what will happen. I can't believe that sh- that Breeze hasn't thrown the ball to him yet. I can't I believe know. that hasn't happened yet. I mean. Sean Payton's got to be saving this for some. Yeah, if it's going to come so, out, Atlanta would be the week, baby. Yeah. Atlanta would be the week for it. So you um, know, Sean Payton's got something up his sleeve for this. They're going to so, line up again like they did <laughs> yesterday, when, but they didn't. They didn't snap it. But yeah, Breeze is going to go out wide. Hill's going to be under center. I mean, if if Taysom Hill scored the winning touchdown against the most hated team. The Atlanta Falcons. Um, would it be the greatest moment in Saints Twitter history, Andrew? If he did what? If he scored the winning touchdown against Atlanta Sunday, Uh-oh. would it be the greatest moment in Saints Twitter history? Because I don't count the Super Bowl because Twitter really wasn't around in 2009. Yeah, I would say it would. Yeah, I mean, Without a ooh, doubt. that would be amazing. So, like I said, I mean, it go, kind of goes back to what I was saying. We're we're dying for this. We're dying. For we're it. begging for this to happen. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be much. I mean, you know, even 
even a fake punt where he goes all the way. Andrew, I don't know if either of you were watching the Monday night game, but before we get to predictions. I'm really annoyed because I have Russell Wilson as my goddamn quarterback, and I'm playing against the Chicago Bears defense, and I just lost my week because of that. Akeem Hicks, is he tearing shit up? Because my the tw- yeah, my, they mentioned my Twitter timeline time. is like, why did the Saints let him go? <laughs> is on. he like unblockable or something? He's been playing well. I mean, the Bears' defense has been playing great, and uh, I've heard them mention him a couple of times. I mean, I guess with, when, if everybody's double-teaming Khalil Mack, that frees you up to uh, play better. <laughs> so this is a question from Eric, Andrew. Is Kurt God, Coleman's yeah. invisibility so far a disappointment or sign that he's doing his job? That's a good question. Uh, I, I don't think he's done much. Yeah, I, I would say that he has not impressed me so far. In fact... Von Bell, I mean, maybe it was just a matchup thing, but Von Bell had way more snaps than him this week, um, and his snap count was down. Um, so that, to me, is a concern a little bit. Why, why is he playing so little? Um, Start, it's starting to feel like an overpay and, and a bad pickup. <laughs> now, I know, I know they like him in the locker room, and I know they feel like he has been a really good X factor for them in terms of leadership. So, you know, I'm not in the locker room, so I, I'm willing – to give that a pass, if that's they true. said that about Brandon Brown or two, he was helping the young kids Oof. watch the Oof. film. Yeah, you had to go there, huh? I did. Yeah, you had to bring you had to bring up he who should not be named. <laughs> but here's the thing: like they jumped, the, they jumped the gun in the safety market. Like the Saints signed him before free agent act, free agency actually started, and the safety market proceeded to collapse. It's true. You know, they could have got Teron Matthew. They could have got Eric Reed. Caro signed for minimum. Maybe they didn't want to bring him back. But they had all kinds of guys at safety that didn't get what the Saints gave to Coleman. Um, so, all right, Dave. Uh, What's going on with Brandon Browner anyway? I thought, uh, I don't know. Didn't he get arrested? Yeah, wasn't he charged with murder? Attempted <laughs> murder? Like kidnapping, carrying across state line. Fun, fun stuff. Uh <laughs> And the mugshot of him and the wife beat murder? No, I don't think murder. He didn't kill anybody. I know. Attempted murder. Attempted murder. Yeah. <laughs> and his mugshot was top-notch. He looked like he was definitely from the state of Florida, even though he's not. Florida <laughs> man. Strikes again. Florida man. So, Dave, Saints at Atlanta, 12 o'clock Sunday. Atlanta's a three-point favorite. Who you got? It's Falcons hate week. It is. Woohoo. Chalk it up. Um, really? Atlanta's three-point favorites? Yes, indeed. That kind of surprised me. I gotta me. barbecue your ass in molasses. I would have thought it would have been a pick game. No, no. Home field. Home field. Atlanta gets three. Mm. Um. Well, like I said earlier... Um, I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, whatever does happen, I think will will shape my future view of the season, whether they play well or whether they don't play well, regardless of winning or losing. Um, I'm going to say they're going to win. I mean, Atlanta's uh, su- su- was supposed to be the first good team that they play this season. You know, Tampa Bay. We don't know. Tampa Bay might actually be pretty good, which makes me feel a little bit better about. That Fritz uh, magic thing is going to crash and burn in such a losing. glorious fashion. What's 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 Winston? He's got a three game suspension. Three game suspension. Uh, I mean, there's no way you bring him back, right? I mean, you gotta keep you gotta keep him. You gotta keep Fitz playing. I mean, right? if they go three and zero, oh, they gotta okay. keep him in, right? You right. can't yeah, bench I him. Think. Um. So. Uh, I, I, so anyway, Atlanta is obviously a, a better team than the Browns. Um, but I, I think the Saints can win. I think uh, I think it's obviously going to be close. It's Atlanta. It's a divisional game. I mean, we we know these guys. They know us very very well now, very intimately. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, 27, 24 Saints, and. Um, I am going to go with – I mean, you can't even – you guys aren't allowed to pick Mike Thomas because that's, like, not even fair anymore at this point. <laughs> uh, I am going to go with uh, 
Yeah, you know what, Ralph? What the hell? I'm gonna go with Taysom Hill. He, he he's not gonna. <laughs> Damn you! That was my pick. <laughs> he's not gonna. He's not gonna like do anything amazing. He's not gonna put up huge stats or anything like that. But you know, he might get a touchdown or he's gonna get one big play, and you know, we're all gonna be freaking out. Uh, Andrew, who you got? Sorry, buddy. Um, I'm gonna go with. Well, I can't pick Taysom Hill anymore. Thanks, thanks to Dave. Um. I'm going to say the Saints come out and they shock us all and play a fantastic game. Um, you know, and I, I talked about this again. If you donate a dollar, if you're a patron, you yes. could have heard this. Um, but on our post game show, I said that this game felt a lot like the Browns or, or sorry, the Packers last year. Um, Dave, I don't know if you remember that game, but the Saints, you know, Brett Huntley was the quarterback and we felt like going into that game, all the Saints, you know, Rogers is injured and the Saints are going to go in and crush him. And the Saints just played awful, and the offense was turning the ball over, and you know the Packers went down the field and scored easily early, and it was just awful, and the offense wasn't doing anything. We were just like, God, like, and and, and it took you know them grinding it out, an awful game, looking terrible, and they come away with the win, and you just feel awful about it. But you know they end up having a great season, so I think sometimes in a season, you know, you get games like that, and if you're lucky enough to win them. Um, you know, it kind of gives you a little momentum and, and you're, you will eventually play better. So I just think this is the Falcons. The Saints are going to be ready. And I just think they come in and kind of beat the pants off Atlanta. So I'm going to say, wow. I'm going to say Saints win 31 17. And uh, my player of the game, I'm going to go with Cam Meredith. He's going to be active, he's going to score a touchdown. I'm going to go. I think you're partially right, Andrew. I think the Saints are going to come out and they're going to be curb stomping Atlanta. But I don't trust this defense at all. And I think it's going to be like 31 to 10. And then Atlanta's going to hit a couple plays and it's going to be a white knuckler at the end. And the Saints are going to hold on and win 34 to 27. But Marcus Williams is going to save their ass again with a pick of Matt Ryan. He's gonna be the he's gonna be the guy back to back weeks, and um, we're gonna feel great about it. But the defense, I think they're just gonna be kind of shaky all year long, and it's just that's gonna be the thing. But they're gonna the Saints are gonna come out gangbusters and and win and be two and one. And if we're all right and they're two and one, we'll feel pretty good about it, right? I mean, that's kind of where we thought they would be after three games, right, Dave? Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's three and well, I don't know. I, I would, I would say, yeah, three and oh, I would think. I mean, come on, we played Tampa Bay and the Browns. We all thought we'd be two and oh at this point. Yeah, well, I've, I've had them in two and one, so. So anyway, I think look. a lot of people thought you know winning in Atlanta would be tough. So if they can pull that off. I, frankly, I'd rather lose to the Bucks at home and beat Atlanta. <laughs> Beating Atlanta is always nice. But so remember, donate a dollar, you can get access to the special podcast. So do it now. So for Dave, for Andrew, uh, until the left rest, until next week, the bar is closed, but we'll be open. Now, oh, fuck it, just check the patron stuff out during the week. We'll be around. Right, goodbye. <laughs> we failed. We, we failed to say my wife. So now I. My wife. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.